Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now launching SECQB in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have lift off. Yo, what's up, guys? Zach Mettenberger here. You're listening to SECQB, presented by the Believe Network. I'm um, sitting here with my man, Riley Signard. Cha-ching, cue the dollar noise, Carter. Camp started this this past week, and, uh, you Do know, you miss Zach, it? I, uh, God, no. Um, but it, <laughs> Our I mean, listeners it's got- only knew how much you used to weigh and how, how, how high your cholesterol was. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, give us a little bit of an insight from a quarterback's perspective, uh, overall team perspective and a quarterback's perspective of what – camp really is and what camp really means and how how much how many decisions can come from those two two to three weeks of you know kind of all day grinding in a camp atmosphere it's tough it's tough i think anybody who's been through that football player you know obviously nowadays it's so much easier than what it used to be you, know, you can't do the three days and all that but just you know the mental fortitude you got to have because i mean it's I mean, what was first meeting was 7 a.m. Maybe 7 a.m. And then our last meeting, we're getting home at like 10. Yeah. And this is for three weeks straight. We're practicing at least once a day in pads and getting another, you know, something in and a lift in. I mean, it's it's nuts. And then, you know, the amount of film that a coach has to break down in that time and, and work through and, you know, shoot, you know, JT Daniels in Georgia got the easiest gig ever, right? They got a solidified quarterback. They just got to watch one guy at quarterback. You know, they got four stud receivers. So you're a coach at Tennessee, quarterback coach Tennessee. You got a 23 hour day. You know, you are just on edge right now. You got four dudes that you're breaking down. Who's going to be the guy on top of I'm meeting with them for six hours a day? They're lifting. We're on the practice field. I mean, it's. It's a grind. Camp is no joke, and uh, you know it's definitely not not for the faint of heart. I mean, dudes, some dudes just couldn't get through it, as you know, Riley. I mean, it's um, it's tough, and in some places like you know, the Miamis of the world, Texas of the world, where it's just 105 degrees, and you just got to get through it, and no complaining, and it's tough. Um, but it'll be good because I mean, that's that's exactly what you need to figure out who's gonna be your dude. You want it as hard as possible right now because God knows the swamp is going to be a whole lot tougher than Knoxville in August, you know? So absolutely. But it's exciting, man. Camp was always fun. It's something to look forward to. Um, I mean, you get to hang out with your best friends for two weeks. That was always the best thing, right, Ry? I mean, yeah, you're building camaraderie. You're learning. You're learning a lot about each other through both both off periods where you're watching film and eating in the calf to where you're also you know grinding it out and doing two a days and uh, heat that's unimaginable. And so it, it kind of separates the men from the boys. Um, and then you know, like you said, you've got guys like where like you mentioned the Tennessee quarterback coach who's got you know a full plate every day. He might be working eight eighty hours a day trying to figure out. He's not. He's sleeping up at, at ops. You know. He, he's, oh yeah. He's he hasn't seen his family again. in yeah. months with recruiting he's, coming back he, and now he, camp. Oh. It's tough. You don't. Yeah. You don't spend any time with your family. You go like you said. You go straight from recruiting into. Uh, you get. A, I think they get a week break. You know. Everybody gets to do a little vacation, but then it's back and and it's a grind. 
But then, you know, camp's also different for different positions, different players. We're talking about these QB competitions. Um, you know, th- Dude, it's not I'm just so a, happy I was quarterback, though. Like, God, man. Yeah. O line socks. Yeah. You hit somebody. But like, receiver, dude, you got to sprint like six miles a day in pads. Hey, run a go. I might not even throw it to you. Right. And don't yeah. get pissed if you don't get the ball and you're open, or I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> yeah. And in Baton Rouge, where the humidity feels like you've got a plastic bag on your head. Yeah. Outside. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think camp, it's exciting. I always love um, when camp starts because it, it's almost like that first smell of fresh cut grass in August. That so kinda, you, you did a camp with the Salukis and one at LSU, yeah, right? Yeah, with Southern Illinois. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Like, what's the one memory from camp? I've got two. One at Southern Illinois. My roommate at Southern Illinois was a guy named Michael Pruitt who still plays tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Oh, He's no way. That's awesome, dude. I yeah. I didn't ever put that together. I remember you yeah. talking about him, but that's awesome. Yeah, Michael's a great dude. And we, so we were roommates uh first year and we go through camp and we had a in our, our dorm we had a power outage. Uh this is week one, day five of camp. We're fresh incoming freshmen. We're uh Michael and I are named freshman team captains. We're supposed to be leading the way. We're two of the highest ranked recruits that come in there. Um, I'm playing center. He's playing tight end. We're, we're living in a 150 square foot dorm room and uh, feet hanging off the bed, you know, might as well be living in a tuna can, but uh, <laughs> power goes out in our dorm room. Well, nobody tried to wake me and Michael. Everybody else kind of went buddy system. And said, you know, had had different alarms start wake them up and get them up. Alarms going off at five thirty. Got to be at the facility at six on the field at six thirty. You're doing a, a stretch out. Uh, and you and Michael's buddy system failed. You weren't good buddies. Yeah, no, we were great buddies. Our other buddies weren't great buddies. And so we <laughs> we we don't get a door knock. We don't get a call from anybody. Alarm clock's not going off. We wait. We both wake up. It's eight thirty a.m. and we're like, I mean, <laughs> how many text messages and phone calls did y'all have? We had we between the both of us, we probably had fifty five of them between coaches, players, position coaches. That's back when text trainers. plans were a thing. Probably yeah. lost, you know, ran out of text plan with that one. <laughs> exactly. And so we're like, we wake up and we're like, shit, what are we going to do? We're like, we got to go. We just throw on whatever we can. We hop in my car. The feeling. I don't think people understand. Like, you know, obviously oh, people it, have been late to things, right? And everyone gets yeah. that like bottomless pit, just butterfly, you know, that oh, terrible it's feeling. The wor- it's the worst feeling. But when you know that you're about to get just cussed out and oh, you're gonna yeah. have to run or oh. pencil roll oh i or wish drag you got your to body 300 yards like just using your arms just the <laughs> most ridiculous <laughs> stuff so we had worse than that where i wish that i could have pencil roll that's what we did at lsu was pencil roll 430 oh, you know that, that was odell could not pencil roll he could run no. until everyone else threw up but if he had oh, a pencil yeah. roll he was throwing he, up he didn't like it and uh <laughs> I remember old Meatball. He was one of the best pencil rollers in the world. He's still, I guess he's still Dude, defensive shout line out coach Meatball. D-line coach of Baylor, baby. Yeah, meat, Meatball could pencil roll faster than I could run 100 yards. It's <laughs> unbelievable. He weighed 15 pounds more than I did. Dude. But anyways, we show up, and uh, strength coach at the time was a guy that had come in from Montana. Uh, good dude, but had some weird, just just a little bit of a weird uh, take on 
summer conditioning and, and punishment conditioning. And he had us do for the remainder of the morning conditioning session, which went from 8 a.m. or 7.30 or 8 a.m. until which 9.30. Which y'all were late for. Which we were late for. We showed up yeah. at 8.30. So from 8.30 to 9.30, we have to do, we have to get barefoot on tur- on a turf field in, in August, this this time of year. Or the first week of August in Carbondale, Illinois, which is not, nor- that's southern Illinois, very southern. It's very much humidity and southeastern. And uh, he had us doing animal-style workouts barefoot. Yeah, so we're doing everything from bear crawls to alligator toe touches to flamingo. Oh, so this and, is I mean, shit theme. that I don't even He's know. He's got themed. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's 15 of them, and they don't even make sense. They pretty much <laughs> turn you into a zoo animal and lets your feet and hands burn on rubber beads. Strength coaches. You know he sat around and thought of that. Yeah, and laughed while he did it. Oh, this is going to be animal themed. It's going to be great. <laughs> we're, bear we're going crawls. on a safari today. Here we go. They're going to do sea slugs and drag themselves across the field like come on by the end of it me and michael were dead and uh but we 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 did we we got the team's respect back everybody understood it was more of a uh, we were the first people to you know it was day five so we were the first guys out of the freshman class to not make it on time and so it was more of a uh here's two guys that are the captains freshman captains and leaders on this team we're going to make an example out of them. And so I appreciate that, but I did not appreciate all the, all the animal movements. <laughs> What's yours, Zach? So I got two quick stories and it, and it involves the rookie singing. All right. Y'all know that stuff, right? You got to stand up in front of everybody. You got to sing. Oh yeah. God, no one can oh, yeah. sing. Well, anyways, so one of my, like one of my favorite memories. What'd you go with? Is, uh, so it was my second year, all right, and uh, Tennessee had picked up old old Natty Badger, Connor Neighbors, who was my roommate, fullback at LSU, and picked him up, and uh, a true legend. Um, but uh, so to add to his his mythical, a true legend, you know, status uh, through and through. Anyway, so we're doing, you know, we're in that phase. So every couple of days, rookies um, are doing their singing, and. Uh, you know, it got crunch time. We had so many, so many rookies that they couldn't get them all in front in the team room. So a couple of guys had to do it in the lunch room. All right. And Connor got up <laughs> on the table um, and he sang bad to the bone. <laughs> all right. And it was not good, but you know, Connor, he just goes head first into it and he's into it and guys are kind of into it. And, uh, like they stop us, they're like, "Hey, we got to go to meetings." And Connor goes, "Hold up, hold up, hold up!" <laughs> Bad, <laughs> and everyone was rolling, man. Oh my god! And then, oh, so mine. This is like the most cringing thing that, like, I get. I'm sweating right now thinking about it, having to sing in front of the team, and uh, like I'm a terrible singer. My wife can sing. Riley, you can probably sing to, I can't sing for anything. It's bad, bad, bad. And, uh, this was probably three weeks after I got knocked in the face by the Alabama fan at losers here. And, uh, and I thought it'd be funny to sing, uh, sweet home Alabama. Oh yeah. And I thought it was going to be hilarious. Pin drops. None of the guys understood why in the hell I would sing that song. I've thrown a pick six <laughs> on Monday Night Football. I've, you know, lost Alabama 
man. Been punched in the face by an Alabama <laughs> <fan at> Losers. <laughs> punched in the face and then to try to make a joke about it and no one getting it, uh, that hurt way more. But uh, those are those are my kind of two two memories I always think about, you know, because uh, the singing is definitely, that's, it's definitely uh, always been a, a timeless tradition. So with training camp coming up, and we've got all these new players are coming back. It's been a it's been a rough year for everybody, to say the least. Do you have any advice for those guys that are going to get out there in this heat and practice for the next three weeks? I mean, it's just football. At the end of the day, it's going to be a little bit warmer and days are a little bit longer, but it's just football, right? I mean, it's 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 what you love to do, you know. So like sometimes, I, you know, sometimes I'd think, oh God, I just you know. And then I'm thinking back now, like, how could I have ever thought that, you know, like, how could I have not been just ultra excited every single day? And I was most days, but look, man, you have your down day, but that's, you just got to, you know, you got to have that enthusiasm, get through it. And you got to just understand that it's just football, man. And like, you're in a competition, you know, it's still, it's just football. Just go out there and throw it to the open guy and be your best self. I mean, that's really all you can do. And, you know, this part of the year and. You know, there's so many damn cliches, right? Got to get better every day, 1% better every day, whatever you want to say. But, you know, the reality is, you know, that's exactly what you have to do. So, yeah, you know, like like we talked about, it's going to be cool um, to kind of see how these storylines unfold during camp, kind of see where we're at next week, you know, and, and just kind of see what happens. But, uh, but yeah. What do you yeah. think, guys? Uh, I. I agree with you 100 percent there, and I think I think the only difference between the it's just football mentality. I think that's I think that's you speaking once you were a junior or senior, Zach. I think that these freshman guys coming in. I've obviously never played quarterback. I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. But <laughs> as a freshman or or a sophomore, redshirt freshman, a guy coming in who's trying to make his way, it is still just football. But at the end of the day you're having to prove yourself. You know, this is what you, you've made this decision to take this path in your life and you've got to either show up or shut up, you know? And it's, so it, 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 it's all the chips are on the table. Finally, you've had your, your stars, you know, from rivals, um, allotted to you and you've got your hometown back in you and everybody's looking forward to it. But when you are a four or five star athlete coming in as a freshman, there's, you know, there's an expectation, baby. There's an expectation, and then and then there's the training wheels come off overnight, and it goes from being, oh yeah, you're our, you know, you're the pretty boy, five star recruit that we wanted in here. We recruited, we showed you all the lights, we showed you the stadium, we put you in the jerseys. All of a sudden, that light goes off, and it goes, it's it's game time. It's time to it's time to strap your shit up and get to work. Yeah. And you, yeah. you've got to if you, if you want to play, you've got to show it. You know, these coaches aren't going to give any handouts. Now it's time for our segment where we ask the all-knowing oracle football questions. Oh, Magic 8-Ball. Wait, do we actually have a Magic 8-Ball? My sources point to yes. Oh, that is sweet. All right, I guess Magic 8-Ball. Will Alabama win the SEC again this year? Are they going to? Contacting the oracle. Survey says, cannot predict now. Accurate response. You know, that is such a DC freaking head coach <laughs> answer right there. That's what Dabo Sweeney would say at ACC Media Day. Hey, don't know yet. We got a good team. Don't know yet. 
That's the politi- politically correct answer for sure. Yeah, dude. I think the Magic 8 Ball is working for Saban in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's hard to predict, though, this early. You're looking at as much turnover as Alabama has year in, year out with a dominant team like last year. Yeah, they're returning some defensive starters, but the offense is completely new um, at all the skill positions, and you're dealing with coaching turnovers as well. So um, Alabama is going to always Alabama, but we don't know if they're going to be able to win the title. you got a strong SEC with a bunch of good returning rosters this year. I love how you say we, because you're you still got that roll tied in you, baby. Love it. But no question, man. I mean, it's you know obviously Coach uh, Saban down there has got to figure it out because um you know nobody's had coach turnover quite like that guy. And uh, you know another year got another big name down there in Bill. We'll see if Bill O can kind of revive. You know what everyone thought he was at Penn State in the early years at the Texans. Um, you know, really a big thing at that I don't think people realize is, you know, the verbiage is the big thing with, with football and changing coaches. Um, you know, I'd be interested to know if if uh, Coach O'Brien has adopted the, the terminology that they've been using or if he just completely started the playbook from scratch. You know, those are all factors that, that go into offensive gelling. So, um, yeah, man, the eight ball is not, not lying. It's uh, very PC, but. Who knows, man? There's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. It's up in the Can air, I? that's for sure. It's like you, losing Nick Saban's like losing a line cook at a Waffle House every year. It's like losing one on a weekend. It's still going to be Waffle House. It's going to be good, but it just might not be as fast. It might not look as pretty, Dude. but it's still going to be Waffle House. And they're still going to have hash browns. No doubt. I don't know. Those Covered line smothered cooks. smothered in chunk, baby. Waffle House in Alabama are good at next man up. The line cook misses. Waffle House still gonna still going to be all right because the next line cook is up there and in charge, baby. No doubt. I'd like to uh, ask the eight ball a question. Um, Mr. Magic eight ball, is the SEC champion this year going to be out of the East or the West division? Oh, that is, you got to ask. Don't you got to ask yes or no's on eight balls? East is yes. West is no. My sources say no. A definitive answer. There we okay. go. Ooh, All right. Ooh, so Georgia fans are cussing this eight ball. I mean, everyone in the East, you know, everyone in the East is so hopeful every year, right? I mean, there's not a there's not a definitive guy in that league like Alabama has in the West, right? So every every year, you know, the East, everyone's kind of hopeful more so than, you know, the Mississippi states of the world, I reckon. Um but yeah, you definitely think Georgia fans are going to be uh, upset with the eight ball hearing that. Florida fans are definitely hyped right now with the Emory Jones train, um, and I'm super excited to see uh, you know him play this year. What are your um, thoughts on Emory, Zach? I know he's a great you know, kid dude, and he's a great athlete. Yeah, dude, Do you think he can he can hold it together and keep poised throughout the season? For sure. Um, I think the kid's got all the talent. He's got so many tools that just guys don't have, and. You know, he's got a guy and Coach Mullen there that that's going to put him on the right track to succeed. I mean, you know, what Coach Mullen's done over over the years is, um, you know, he maximizes his quarterback and he plays to their strengths. And, uh, you know, I fully expect that their identity offensively is going to skew a little bit from last year and Kyle Trask's laying it everywhere. Um, but I think Emory's going to just really light it on fire this year in the, the East. I agree with you. And a lot of people take that for granted with Mullen. Everybody looks at Mullen and how great of a recruiter he is, but a lot of people kind of sleep on the developer he is as a coach. And you look at some of the players and quarterbacks, especially like you said, that he's turned out. 
But I mean, it will be interesting, man. You got to replace a guy like Pitts over there. And, uh, you know, it's going to, yeah, there's, but again, in the SEC, you know, the, you know, guys like that don't necessarily get forgotten. But again, like Waffle House, the next man's up and there's going to be a, a, a new Kyle Pitts down there, you know, Alabama, there's going to be a, there's going to be a new Devonte, right? There's always the next guy. So it's going to be, going to be interesting in the East for sure. Well, I I have a question for the eight ball. So Hit gonna, the eight ball, Carter. Here we go. So I am a Vanderbilt fan. Anchor down, baby. Anchor down, man. Doors, baby. So will Vandy win the SEC tournament this year? Ooh. Ooh. Contacting the Oracle. The Oracle says, as I see it, yes. Wow. Ah. Okay. 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 All right. You know, wow. don't take that to Vegas. <laughs> but don't take it to Vegas, but crazier <laughs> things have happened in sports. But yeah, crazy yeah. things have happened. Um, we got a new coach, right? I think yeah, Coach coach. Lee uh, down here. Yeah. Um, he's a local guy from Nashville, from my understanding. I think uh, Montgomery Bell Academy. Uh, if who's, been do- who's been dominant for decades. Who's awesome here. And uh, their offense coordinator, Dave Rye from the Cardinals, was the receiver coach last year. Who who I've you know I'm fortunate enough to to cross paths with and thank the world of um, work with McCarthy at the the Packers for a long time. He's a really sharp guy, but Vanderbilt's issue is always the the Jimmys and Joes. I think right. I mean, it's yeah. tough to recruit in the SEC in general. You know the academic standard there is is tough. Well, the Magic Eight Ball was uh, all over the place, but um, we'll trust our Oracle for now. <laughs> Thank you, Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> All hail, Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> it's time for Hot, Hot Takes with Zach and Riley. Riley, what do you think about the NIL and all this crazy stuff and people getting paid? What's your hot take on these guys getting paid for their likeness and whatnot? Yeah, it's obviously a sensitive subject and a, a, talked about a lot right now, but um, you know, I, I agree with it. We've been saying it for a long time. When I say we guys like me and you, um, and, and other guys who have played in the past. And obviously when you're playing, you want, you want it to come through and you wish that it was legal when you were playing Zach and when all your teammates are playing, but you know, it's been a long time coming. I don't, I think the NCAA does a lot of things good. I think they do a lot of things poorly. Um, I think the NIL is something that is deserved, well-deserved by the players, but it's also kind of a double-edged sword. So what I mean by that is, you know, you can't sit back and watch these universities and these and the NCAA as a nonprofit organization sit here and benefit and profit so much money off the likeness and um, the production of these 18 to 21-year-olds and when what they're doing on TV and the bottom line for TV and TV rights and think it's crazy to pay them something. Now, it's been talked about, you know, to, pay these kids salary and everybody likes to on the other side likes to go well they're going to school for free and it's like well yeah so are underwater basket weavers you know and it's like there's <laughs> there, there's there's something more to the bottom line <laughs> the bottom line <laughs> train horn of what these what these athletes are contributing to the bottom line so you you look at a school like texas who we were talking about a minute ago and you look at the money they generate in a year, I think I saw something earlier, um, you know, where it talk, where there was a, somebody on the board of directors for UT talking about, um, you know, the, the athletic bottom line from the athletic department, you know, comes out to 
I can't remember the exact number, but 220 something million dollars a year. And then you can't sit there and say it's not right to, to give these kids a chance to make money off their name, their image and their likeness, um, which is what the NIL is and the new law that's passed. But at the same time, you look at Nick Saban and Alabama and Bryce Young, quarterback who is not yet to take a starting snap. And Nick Saban comes out and he's usually not speaking much on this. And he, he's obviously leveraged it for recruiting already. But he comes out and lets everybody know and says it on ESPN that, you know, his his quarterback who's never taken a starting snap is nearing a million dollars earned already um, off of endorsements and sponsorships yeah. off of his likeness. So um, the kind of double-edged sword is yes, the kids are deserving of the opportunity for it. It's hard to level the playing field with it because you've got a guy at Northern Illinois, or you've got a guy at Boston college, even in an ACC school, who's not going to have the same opportunity that a guy, at Alabama, LSU, Texas, USC, you know, might have, but that, that might just be the stake of the game and the name of it. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting how, how, how it shakes out on the long term. but I'm for yeah, it to answer your question. So, yeah, I'm for there's it. so many factors with it. I mean, is it, is it now an added pressure to a guy like, you know, Bryce Young, who's now everyone knows how much money apparently he's been. You know, accepted. You know, hadn't taken a snap. Now he's got to go out there and and show he's worth that amount of money. Now, as if you know, it's not enough to to please a fan base for a, a 19 year old kid just tossing a pigskin. Now I got to live up to this million dollars that everyone's moaning and groaning about me having. You know, yeah. And, you know, and you look at this. It, it, like I, I saw a storyline today on this um, number two ranked quarterback for the 2022 class out of South yeah, Lake yeah. Carroll. Uh, Quinn, 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 Quinn Ewers. Ewers. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. to pronounce his last name. Yeah, Ewers, Ewers. All I know is it's the last four letters of skewers, and it makes me hungry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he's foregoing his senior year in high school, which he can, which was my first question. He's eligible because he's already 18 years old, and he's gonna he's a class away from from getting his high school diploma. Yeah. So he's old for his grade, so he, he can do that. But, you know, he's foregoing his senior year because – the state of Texas isn't allowing him to profit off of his name, yep. image, or likeness. And if and, he's in California, he can continue being in school. You know, right. yeah. The rest of the country's definitely got to get on board with that. Cause I mean, you know, and that's just such a specific, you know, instance, right? That all this yeah. is now happening. And now this is the first case that we're dealing with, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind it's, of a mix between church and state, but it's, it's, it's like high school Maurice Claret to me you know yeah no doubt he, he tried to leave after Good his point. freshman year of college you know and they said no you know the thing is with with quinn right you know someone say he's gonna be the highest paid scout team quarterback all this and and 100 <laughs> look they got a five-star last year got a five-star the year before that he's going in in the first games in three weeks to think he's gonna start you know as asinine right but yeah that doesn't mean that you know somebody in columbus isn't gonna pay him a a bunch of money to do a commercial or whatever for yeah, their no car dealership, you know? Um, Absolutely. And then is that guy who's the scout team quarterback going to get paid more than the backup who's a five-star, you know, like it's just going to, is there going to be animosity? Is this going to cause rifts between the players? Like it's just wild. And then, you know, I keep getting into this, but, but that Quinn kid now, you know, let's say he's a five-star that doesn't quite pan out, right? Makes it four years into the league, you know, makes some money, but doesn't have that Tom Brady type career that you expect this kid's supposed to have, right? Being a big five star. He's got a year of memories that are just gone now. 
Yeah, you that's know, true. That he can and, never and, get back. And, and that, you're going to get that South Lake team is poised to come back and have a chance to run at the Texas State title, which is – Yeah, you know, and, and – It's not like you're foregoing a four-win, seven-loss season. You're a dominant right? team and always have been in the state. So so that's that's another thing that these guys are going to have to start thinking about, I think, you know, if they're if that's an opportunity, right? Because basketball is a completely different realm and it's, you know – They've been drafting high schoolers in the past, and now kids are quitting in high school, sophomore and junior year to get paid and be pro athletes in their high school age. You know, it's just the slippery slope with this whole thing is um, it's going to be intriguing to watch it unfold the next two, three, ten years. Because you know there's going to be so many amendments to this freaking rule. Yeah, it's going to take a while to shake out. And two, you know, like with the with the Quinn thing, is that you know you start to look, and it's almost got a reality television effect, the ripple effect, where the more noise you make, the more drama around your announcement, the more drama around your movement, the more guys are going to want to. You know, that's there's a way. You know, and social media is such a crazy factor now that there's people track imprints. You know, so you see what your what your social media and what your output is actually creating so there is a way to track a bottom line on that so a guy that might be coming out as a five-star like you said the the backup quarterback who's a five-star from a year ago he's gonna get skipped up on endorsements because this quinn guy's made enough noise and shaking up he's more relevant right now which is what social media is right cue the dollar noise carter older guys in football i've talked to you know that are you know, the biggest thing is they're they're concerned about the quality of the game um, because now it is, right, it's always a money-driven league, right? It's always been about, I'm talking NFL, but, you know, college as well, but it's quality-driven. That's why people watch the NFL. That's why people watch the SEC. It's the best quality you can get, right? Um, well, soon, you know, when's the turnover going to be? Okay, well, Odell's not playing, so I'm not watching. You know, you know, Jake Paul's not fighting, so I'm not, you know, like, when is that going to start? So then coaches, not necessarily coaches, because they're not, they want to play the best players. When is administration going to say, hey, we got to, we got to put, you know, the Jake Paul out there to play this week. You know, then the quality is going to start dipping and no one's going to watch football because we don't have the best guys. And obviously this is a far-fetched thing and I'm not trying to make a dig on Jake Paul or anything. It's just convenient that all the stuff he's going through right now can relate, but you know, it's, it's, it's a weird world paying athletes. Uh, it is. I think, age. I think part of, part of the, the, uh, the side of college football, especially the big conference, like we're talking about the power five conferences that's in jeopardy a little bit. Is, you know, you got the three year rule in place still, which I love, it, you know, that's what gives kind of college football its own separate, um, fandom category than the NFL is that you know whether it's the best player in the country or a guy that's going to be there who red shirts is going to be there for five years you know that that guy's going to be there for at least three years you yeah. can you can develop fandom ship you can d- develop you know th- there's the, the sense of team in college where you've at least got to, you're at least going to have the team for three years you know before Dude, if you don't think if you don't think there's parents already trying to reclassify their fourth graders to be fifth graders and then reclassify them when they're seniors you know there it's going to happen there's going to be a, a kid that's 15 16 that's going to go to college in a few years and their parents hope that they're a first round pick at 18 19 years old you know like that's 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 where we're headed put a riley on. how do we get our cut in this how do we get some of this money like am <laughs> oh, i no. getting 
am I going to get kickback? Do I do like me and Matt Flynn and, and Jamarcus get a percentage of all of Max Johnson's jersey sales this year? How is this going to work out? We can ask that's, the eight ball. Yeah, was, uh, yeah that's a real yeah, that's, that's a real <laughs> Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SCCQB. If you like what you're hearing or you have a question for Riley, Zach, myself, or the Magic 8-Ball, you can email us at askscqb at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-S-E-C-Q-B at gmail.com. Can I get a train whistle, Carter? Where's Can we he's get going the pain to the train? Back. There Ooh, it is. Pain train. Let's go watch some American football. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.